1: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: From the off season through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step
1: step.
0: All right, now let's go ahead. This is Draft Month, right? Everyone's sinking sinker deep into Draft Talk. You guys over at Talking Johnson have done a great job. I heard the spot with Nick Filato talking about the mid to late round picks. Uh, obviously breaking down some of those guys. We did a little of the same stuff with Rick Saratella last week. All right, this is the, the biggest question I think as we transition over is where do you value best player available versus need? Because I think that the general lazy answer, and maybe it's not lazy, maybe it's just truthful, is best player at a position of need, right? I think we understand that they're not going to take a tackle in the first round. They're not going to take a quarterback in the first round. They better not take B. John Robinson for as good as he is in the first round. I, I can't go running back again. I think Joe Shane knows that. So, I think that's probably what they do, but they have some pretty significant needs. Wide receiver one we talked about, but do you force a wide receiver one if one isn't there? Cornerback is a position we could talk about. Art Stapleton, our buddy, is tweeting about how Cordell Flott, you know, don't write him off as CB2 on this team next year. And of course, we know the biggest glaring positional need on the roster right now is for a starting center. So how do you balance need versus best player when it comes to, you know, the home run picks of rounds one and two?
1: So it's easier said than done. But I am especially the more best player available is it's the way to go because strengths turn in the weaknesses quick and weaknesses turn in the strengths quick. Like it's crazy how roster building how often it swaps, you know. And this team is so young into this new regime. They have so many positions positions of need that like I there's like you said, you within reason. They're not taking a quarterback a tackle, or a running back. Uh, right in the first two rounds, you know they might take a running back in round three, uh, but I I go best player available. Like I'm not forcing wide receiver one. Like I like I like a guy like Zay Flowers, but if Kalijah Cansey, the defensive tackle out of Pitt, is there, like I'm probably taking Cansey over him because I I think that guy's going to be a great football player in the NFL. I don't necessarily know if he'll fall to twenty five, uh, but I, for the this this team and I and i I'm, I actually do a draft day speech every year, and it's actually about this about how. F- focusing on need in the in the in the short term, unless you expect unless you are like a Super Bowl contender right now, which the Giants aren't, to me is short sighted. Like if the Giants come out of this wide this draft with a without a wide receiver, everyone will lose their mind, right? Yes, for sure. Well, what sure. happens if the first four players pick end up signing second contracts with the Giants four years from now, and they got a wide receiver one next year? Of like, course. Is, is, any, is anyone complaining? So. There's going to be tiebreakers, but for the most part, it's got to be best player available because that's what this is about is drafting guys who you think can be on this team for six to 10 years.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. And by the way, for any Giant fan listening that, you know, wants to kick and scream and yell and talk about how you can't just take the best player if you have a position loaded there, I'm going to give you two guys who ended up being really good picks for the Giants. One, a good pick, one, a great pick. Matthias Kiwanuka and Jason Pierre Paul. The Giants had, in theory, starting pass rushers. Both times they took those guys. When you think about the Tucks and the OCs and the stray hand before that, when they took Kiwanuka, and both of those guys paid off. So when you mention a guy like Clancy, the D-tackle, don't freak out. You know, on that note, if they happen to get a falling situation and take him at 25 as a D-tackle, uh, and I know that you and Justin on Talking Giants have talked about this scenario a lot. Do you think that could be a spot where Leonard Williams would get cut post-draft?
1: No, because I think he's too valuable of a player. Like you, you have twenty million dollars of dead cap. You are saving twelve million dollars. The Giants have made their free agency signings. They really don't need more. They don't really need any money to sign their draft class right now. Right now, they need money to maneuver the season. You know, like you need about you know four to five million dollars to maneuver through the season. So, if they have to add a void year to his contract of $5 million to get through the season. I'd much rather do that than cut Leonard Williams with a $20 million dead cap hit. I do wonder though, if that's part of the reason they
0: haven't done anything with Leonard Williams yet, maybe not even to cut him, but maybe on the on the scenario where they simply don't want to, you know, extend him in any way slash void years, kick any money anywhere down the road and just literally leave the contract as is with Leonard Williams and cut him after, this following year, should they upgrade more to the defensive tackle position? Like, I, I honestly, that there has to be a reason they have yet to do anything.
1: Well, yeah, and like, listen, I would love to extend Leonard Williams. It's a lot easier said than done. Leonard Williams does is not gonna. He's like, got I to know, agree, right? He, he's gonna he's gonna try and get the biggest contract he can possibly get. And if a guy like Javon Hargrave at thirty years old just got twenty million dollars, twenty one million dollars a year, and Leonard Williams is currently playing on an average annual value of twenty one mil a year coming off of 2020 he ain't paying he's not playing for less he's not taking an extension for less than that maybe he loses that gamble and goes into the open market next offseason and doesn't get that or has an injury riddled season that stops him but if i'm him i'm betting on myself and i listen i i want to be with the giants but if you're gonna extend me like that's where the number starts is at 21 mil i'm not taking the pay cut the next few years as the cap explodes so i i think it's ended i think it's it's this is all going to end with five million dollars of void money being added from someone's contract, and that could even be Daniel Jones. It's like Daniel Jones's contract is, is huh. is there's money to be moved around with, but yeah. that's what I think Sean it's Watson
0: all... already in Cleveland, they're already yeah. Moving around.
1: Like these contracts right. are made, and and to add those void years, there's nothing that like you can't ha- you don't have to have the player agree with it. Like they literally can, they just tell them, hey, we're doing this, and it's done. So. The most, the position I'm most interested in heading into the draft, and the
0: position I really, at my gut, feel like will be addressed in the first round, at pick 25, if not a trade back, is the cornerback position. Uh, I mentioned a little while ago. I, I think that there is a chance Cordell Flott is the most interesting player in camp this year. That it won't be a rookie, and what I mean by that is, you come in. I think we saw flashes. He needs to bulk up in the weight room. He was covering AJ Brown late in games. Uh, I think that the Giants will address the cornerback position early, but I think they have big plans for Cordell Flott as well, and I think that if you really you know spun this wheel and spun forward, I think there's a good chance that in 2024, your opening day cornerbacks, forget the slot for a second, uh, on the outside are going to be Flott and whatever rookie they take this year. But, you know, where do you stand on the corner room? Do you think that that is a reasonable expectation when you look up and down and look at all the mock drafts at 25? Uh, and on top of that, you know, your expectations for Cordell Flock, kind of a convoluted corner question I want to throw at you.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good corner class. So, like, I, I can – even if they love Flock, there's still a need there. Um what will be interesting with Cordell Flott is where do they play him? Because he played outside this year, but coming out of college, he was a slot corner, right? right? Detino is upset for the record. Detino
0: is obsessed with everything he's watched in camp and swearing up and down that he is not going to be a nickel corner in this league. He's going to play the outside with the giants as long as he's with Wake Martin.
1: So the giants have drafted nickel corners in the third round, three years in a row, or Darnay was in the fourth round with Darnay Aaron Robinson and, and Cordell Flott. Um, flot was the only one where it's like i can see this guy being successful on the outside darnay was a hard has to play in the nickel even though he played outside corner in college Aaron robinson was like maybe he could get by on outside but he's going to bring his value in the nickel and then flot was like he's kind of got the length the speed the range uh to play that outside but i i can't put any expectations on it right like like yeah, like you said it's a big if. Like I don't. It is know. a big if. And but, I don't. Know, I can't. But, I don't. I can't project. I don't know if I can pro- project Cordell Flaw appropriately, because we could have some excitement for him now, and then it's week three, and we're talking about a, a liability out there too.
0: But I gotta think when you spend, and this is gonna, the same thing is gonna go for Josh Azuda at the guard position, which I know you've broken down a lot of film on and look at. When you spend, you know, we may not look at at round three as anything crazy and great, but GMs view that as a guy that they think will be a starter for this team. And by the way, they should view it that way. Otherwise, why are you taking a guy in that round? You know, ha- I know Cordell Flott was really young, really raw. I mean, he's only got four years on a rookie deal. You take somebody like that in the third round, it starts to feel like a little bit of a busted pick if by the end of year two,
1: you're not even attempting to have this guy be a starting player on your team. Yeah, that's why my question is, is he on the outside or in the nickel corner? Like, he, I think he will be starting week one next year but it's like nickel would be a little bit of an easier lift and that's what he played in college you know right um and and nickel corners is is, it's a very valuable position like if you have a guy he's a starting position yeah it's if you can play if you have like have that outside length and can move with those guys in the nickel corner spot, like it's it's super super valuable i guess the the one flaw with him would be like well nickel corners are basically like linebackers now in the run game and flawed is you know 170 pounds but he also right. like plays the run pretty well he's just it's gonna get bullied whenever he gets put on a block so i don't know he is my he's the biggest like boomer bust player on on the giants roster right now like a zoo do i have manageable expectations for him we saw some growth throughout the year obviously he had the neck and in- neck injury so we'll see how that affects him flawed is like the I can't tell you, like he could be, we could be super excited about him or we can be, Giants fans might be calling for him to be benched in week four. Bobby, you're,
0: as I mentioned at the beginning, really great with offensive line breakdown. For any of our listeners who are hitting the panic button, seeing Nick Gates and John Feliciano walk here at the center position, uh, how deep is the value at center in this draft?
1: John Michael Smith's out of Minnesota is pretty damn good. Um, but he might fall in that like too rich for twenty five, not there at fifty seven type guy. The guy I have my eye on is Ricky Strongberg from Arkansas. I did a video on him. I really like him, and he's got some stuff he needs to fix as a pass blocker. But I think he like is going to fix those things as long as he puts it in the work and in the run game. I mean, he like, he has the best like out of outside of John Michael Smiths. He's the best run blocking center in the in the draft that I've watched so far. Like, I know everyone loves Joe Titman, the guy from Wisconsin. Not yeah. a big fan of his. Ricky Stromberg is kind of like my guy. And you see him projected like third and fourth round, so you can kind of get him for a reasonable deal. I'm not going to put him in start uh, – I'm not going to have him start right away. But Stromberg kind of seems like the guy who fits the mold of what centers are in today's NFL, too. And, that's see, you just said a key word. I can't
0: see him starting right away. So, look, if the Giants are not going to take a guy who can start right away, then – in essence, what do they do? Are they playing Ben Bredesen at center? Uh, are they bringing back Shane Lemieux to play at center? I don't know how you could trust either of those guys to stay healthy for a full 17-game season here. So I, I think that is going to be a little bit of a cause for concern in the draft. Are they taking a little bit of a project guy, and that's going to be their long-term center? But how do you address knowing that you're going to be locked up at center, a very important position for this team, a team that expects to contend for the playoffs as early as September here to start the season?
1: I mean, it's... It just has to be Bredesen, right? Like it's not a fun, it's not a good answer. And Bredesen put up good film. Like Bredesen's better, the best guard they have on the roster right now. Like he's miles better than Mark Lewinsky. Azuda, we'll see how he grows, but you want to give him a shot. Like Bredesen is your best interior offensive lineman right now. The issue is he's had these weird injuries where he misses time. Like even even in 2021, where he didn't really play. Like every time the guy came in the lineup, he got hurt. And then Shane Lemieux, who had some hope from going into last year and then got the foot injury and then re-injured it when he did play uh, that one game it was a guy who didn't miss a single game was a four-year starter at Oregon and then has gotten injured in three of the last three times he's put on the Giants uniform. So there's no really easy answer. The 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 best answer would be draft a guy like John Michael uh, Smith's, but I don't know if that's going to be the right thing for them to do in round one. And I don't think he's going to be there in, uh, in round two unless they're the trade up. So, you kind of have to live with, hey, this team has so many flaws that you can't go into this draft expecting to plug every hole for the 2023 season. Like this season's not going to be perfect. There's going to be bad spots on the team. There is going to be flaws, And you can't just, you can't just go, you can't go into the draft and be like, wide receiver, corner, center, fix for the next five years. Like you got to hit on the right players and you can't reach.